Welcome to the Lion's Tribe. I am Pastor Jimmy Udukoya. I pray this episode blesses you and it reminds you to become the lion that God has called you to be. Be blessed. We're going to be speaking on what is love, the finale, and I wanted to a kind of preface. It might be semi-violent, semi-violent, but not too violent. Amen? And I just throw like one stone, not plenty. Amen? But you still love me at the end. Amen? Okay. So let's begin. You know, I think one of the hallmarks of a good salesman, if you will, if somebody is selling you on something, I think the credibility of what they are selling uh, comes down to if they believe what they're selling, right? And you can tell very quickly, if I'm telling you about, say, Fountain of Life Church, let's use Fountain. Fountain is an amazing church. Listen, you have to come to Fountain. It's such a beautiful experience. The praise and worship is fantastic. The word is on point. The people are so friendly. I just love Fountain of Life. I just, wow, it's amazing. The first question I will ask you is, have you been? Yes? If you tell me no. Okay, have you watched the online? No. And so... What is your enthusiasm based on? Why are you selling to me what you yourself has not experienced? And I dare say that we, the church, find ourselves in this interesting conundrum because we sell a God of love. God is love. God is love. God is love. However, Love is lacking from when people experience us. <laughs> it's almost like false advertising. You know, if you ever go to a restaurant and you see their menu, <laughs> Nigerian restaurants are notorious for this, they will put pictures of what they are offering. But the problem is, When you order it and you look at the picture, it's a sad case of what I ordered versus what I got. You'll be looking. Hey. They'll put a juicy burger, like two patties. The cheese is melting, very fluffed, you know, filled with tomatoes, lettuce, onions, grilled onions. Everything just looks like you want to just, uh-uh. Then you order Sir, is this the chicken grill burger? Yes, now, eh, but, but this not, eh, you know, you can't do it like that exactly. Just to give you an idea, you know. Uh, are you, 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 did you think it would be the same? Ah, come on. And I dared say, this is what the church does. We present an idea of an image. Of love. Oh, we're, we're, we're loving people. We love. Come as you are. Just come. We love you anyway. 
die. And what's interesting that the one thing that keeps people out of church is judgment. How is it that we who are supposed to represent love are experiencing or are giving out judgment? The Bible says, by their fruits. We are shouting, come and buy apple, come and buy apple. But when they bite into you, it's agbalumo. Okay. Shall we begin? <laughs> we, have, we have just started. <laughs> we are just having a discussion. Amen? Now, let's look at scripture. This is the first thing I want us to look at. Let's look at 1 John 4. Let's start there. Let's go to verse 7. Amplified version. Are you ready? Let's read. Beloved, let us unselfishly love. If they say unselfishly, that means there's a selfish kind of love. Okay. Let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another. For love is from who? And everyone who loves others is born of and knows God through personal experience. Let's stop there. So how can I tell if you know God? I must experience love. Let's continue on. What does it say? Next verse. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God. Does not and never did know him for God is, for God is, he is the originator of love. And it is an enduring attribute of his nature. If God is love, and love is God. And love is an enduring attribute of his nature. And we are born of God, which means we are born of love. That means an enduring attribute of our nature should be... Uh-oh. <laughs> it is an enduring attribute of your nature. So, we need to have a conversation. Because there is a difference between loving people because it is an enduring out of your nature, or loving people because they do what you want them to do. There's a difference. You see, when you love people when they are only in agreement with what you want them to do, that is not love, that is manipulation. Oh, it's going to get quiet very quickly. <laughs> when you use love as a form of control, it is not love, it is what? Ah, because when your love becomes dependent on what the person is doing or not doing, that is a form of control. And that in itself 
is manipulation. And I dare say most of Christians today are not born of God. They are manipulators. Oh, oh, oh. I wonder who throw some stones, not plenty. Can we just have a conversation? I dare say that church today, even in how we portray God, we portray him as a manipulative God. The one who wants to come and control your life to get you to do what he wants you to do or else he will send you to hell. And that's how we portray God. In all actuality, the truth, the good news of salvation, the truth of the gospel is a God who came to die to save humanity. A God that loved us so much that while we were in the murky waters of sin and death, unbeknownst to us that we were drowning, he comes with a lifeboat and says, choose life so you might have life and have life more abundantly. That is God that we serve. But here it is. We present him as a transactional God. If you don't do what I want you to do, then you're going to go to hell. That's not the case. That's not the case. Let me show you something. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Let's talk a little bit about this manipulation. I want to show you something. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Put on the Amplified Version. What does it say? It says, now, 19 to 21, Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Whenever you're ready, anytime today, thank you very much. Now, the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. What are they? Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes. <laughs> you know, we're talking about strife. Jealousy, hostility, fits of anger, disputes, dissension, factions. Oh, Lord, that sounds, sounds like the church. Oh, it got quiet. Envy, drunkenness, righteous behavior, and other things like these. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the what? Now, like, man, all these people that are evil, witchcraft, uh, idolatry, we're not, we're not bad like that. Junkiness, righteous behavior, okay. Now, can we put the same scripture up in the uh, Passion Translation, TPT, if we have it? TPT Translation. It was just there for a second. Can you put it back? Yes. Let's read that. Are you ready? The cravings of, se- of self-life are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God and, oh, manipulating others. Let's continue. Hatred of those who get in your Senseless what? Resentment when others are temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of, oh wow, being in love with your what? Let's continue. 
being envious of what? Hey, 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 hey. Let's continue. Murder, uncontrolled addiction, wild parties, and all other. Wait, so all of them, manipulation, <laughs> your own opinion. Being envious when other people are blessed is all similar behavior with murder. <clears throat> Let the church say amen. So let's, let's stay a little bit on this love versus manipulation. Because I dare say that a lot of times we use this weapon of manipulation not just against our fellow brothers and sisters. We even take it into our households. Against our husbands, wives. Against our wives, husbands. Eh, because your husband did not do what you wanted him to do, so I'm going to show him. Oh, it got quiet real quick. And I wish I could really delve into it, but I can't. Alas, children are with us. If you know, you know. If you don't know, forget about it. I will show him. So you want to use whatever you have as a means of control. Husband, you are upset that your wife did not take your advice. And because she wants to do what she wants to do and she did not heed your advice, you are going to show her. Eh, but sir, it's an advice. Advice means she has the option to do or not. That's the difference between advice and instruction. You, you don't get to use your love transactionally as a means to control Let's take it a step further, parents. We even do it with our children. See, God's love for us is unconditional. He says that nothing we did can earn his love, right? We are not saved by the works that we have done. We are not saved by what we have done. It is not our right standing that brought God's love for us. We did not earn his love. We are simply saved by what? grace. So he loves us in spite of us. And if God loves us in spite of us, and his love for us is constant and unconditional, why then do we make our love sometimes transactional for our children? So we love them as long as they are performing. It's gotten very quiet. We love them as long as they are doing well in school. We love them as long as they are obedient. And then we begin to use our love as a tool of control. And so we put them in a cycle of trying to earn our love where it's transactional. So they know the only way I get that is approval is if I do well in school. It's very quiet. The only way mommy will like me is if I do. Listen, daddy and mommy love you regardless. If there is nothing that you can do that will separate you from God's love, there is nothing your children will do that will ever make you stop loving them. Yes. 
So when we begin to say things like, we have to be careful what we say. I'm, I'm, you know, you know, I can't believe that you did that. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that I even want you to have my last name anymore. Things like that. And then we throw our children into a cycle of trying to earn our love where they feel like their love, our love can be taken away when they don't do what we want them to do. Listen, regardless of what they do, they're your children. We love them. We expect, we want them to be well-behaved and to do well, absolutely. But that is not a condition for your, for your love. very quiet. Are you still with me? Are you still with me? Let's continue on. Let's go back to 1 John. What does it say? By this, the love of God was displayed in us, in that God has sent his one and only begotten son, the one who is truly unique. The only one of his kind to the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the appropriation, that is the atoning sacrifice and the satisfying offering for our sins. Fulfilling God's requirement for justice against sin and placing his wrath. Beloved, if God so loved us in this incredible way, we also ought to love who? If God loved us in such a way that he sent his son to die once and for all and became our sacrifice, took our place. You know, it is one thing when you are accused of something you did not do. That's a very painful experience. It's even harder to watch when somebody else is paying the price for something that you did and you know that you are guilty. That's what Jesus did. He said if he did this, then we ought to love one another. Well, let's continue. No one has seen God at any time. But if we love one another with unselfish concern, God abides in us. And his love, the love that is his essence, abides in us and is completed and perfected in us. Jump to verse 20. We're still on the scripture talking about love. Verse 20. If anyone says, I love God and hates, and let's expound on what hates means, works against his Christian brother. He's a what? Thief. Many of us are liars. Many. Because it is us that will tear ourselves down. Oh, it's quiet. Amen? It is the church that will be quick to cast the gates. We are the one that wants to discuss what the other person is doing. Did you see? Did you hear? Did you know? Others who may not know better might do that. But you... Uh -uh. 
anyone who says they love God and speaks against their Christian Baba is what? Is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God. I love God. You are lying. You are lying. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. You're a liar. Why? Because if you cannot love your neighbor, you pray every day, you fast, you pray, you sow. But your life, you hate people. You are a liar. Oh, we don't want to have this conversation. Oh, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, I move in signs and wonders. I pray. I'm the first one to show to church. I sweep. I give up my tithe. I give up my offering. If they're making attendance for most faithful, it is I. But you hate everybody. Sama, you are a Because you are taking pride in what you do. See, if you have been in a room where they were cooking fish, I will know I can smell it on you. I can tell if they were frying fish in your house if you come out. Because if you were in that aroma or that area of vicinity, whether you like it or not, fish will enter you. Whether you, you don't have a conversation, Oscar, bros, it's like there were five fish in your house. How do you know? Because it has entered you. How can you come into the atmosphere of God, into the atmosphere of love, every Sunday, every Thursday, but you are the one spewing hate. You are a... A lot of times, our lives become the evangelism. I was watching a show. It was a reality show on Netflix. And there was this guy. It was this show called The Trust. And the whole premise of the game is there's a set of strangers they bring together. And the premise is everybody can get an equal amount of money. Started with 150,000 divided by 10. Now, as long as they have about, I think it was seven or eight trust ceremonies. In each ceremony, Everybody has to decide whether or not everybody should keep the money. If one person should vote somebody out, they lose the money and they get cancelled from the trust. Now, less people means more money for others. So, all through the game, you're being tempted where your integrity is tested, whether you will pick yourself over your brother or over your sister. All through the game. There was this one man. His character was such, it was a beautiful thing to, to watch. Filled with integrity. When he was offered money, take X amount of money for yourself, but vote somebody out. The temptation was tough, with tears in his eyes, to say, my character, my integrity is not for sale. And the way he handled people, always preaching cohesiveness and unity, everybody working together, trying to be the peacemaker, trying to be, it was interesting it was not shocking to see there were short side cutaways of when he would be in his bed with his Bible. But he preached the God he represented by the way he handled others. And everyone said the same thing. You have such a peace about you. You are such a caring person. You are a genuine person. It is easy to 
exude what you carry on the inside. <laughs> Don't spray for more and call it chicken. It's not the same. You can't say that you love God. How can I tell that you love God? If I watch the way you treat the ones that you see, if you cannot love the one that you see, how can you convince me that you love the one that you have never seen? Oh, it's gone quiet. Shall we continue? For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should also unselfishly love his brother and seek the best for him. So I can tell that you love God not by how much you cry during worship. Oh, you don't want to have that conversation. Not by how you... Jesus, yeah! It's not by that. They are the ones that will be rolling on the floor, screaming the most, falling under the Holy Ghost. After all the times you are falling, you have gotten up, and you are still bitter. You are still angry. Sir, ma, you are a... Liar. Shall we continue? First Corinthians 13, 1 to 3. We're just having a conversation. It's not Mary's Bible. First Corinthians 1 to 3, 13, 1 to 3. Let's continue. If I speak aha, with the tongues of men and angels, if you speak in the angelic language, the very language that those in heaven speak, your spirit is so attuned to the frequency of spiritual activity that you open your mouth and you utter the language of the angels. Let's continue on. But have not love for others. Where is it coming from? Growing out of God's love for me. Then I have become only a noisy gong. Or a clanging symbol. In parentheses, just an annoying. A lot of us are annoying distractions. Come. If you speak with angelic tongues, but you have not love, you are a noisy. The emptiest barrels make the most noise. You are a noisy barrel or a clanging symbol. You are an annoying distraction. You know what a distraction does? It distracts from the original. So many people want to come and encounter this God of love that we profess. But what they get is a distraction. And then they say, ah, if this is what it means to be a Christian, then I don't want to be one. Why is it you that is the Christian? That is the most hard to work with in the office. Why is it you that is the Christian that will hold, will be backbiting, will be the gossip, that will show no mercy, but you want God to show you mercy? Are you not a hypocrite? I remember 
When the prophet came to David, they said, there was a man who had many sheep. And then there was a man that had one sheep. And a visitor came to the man who had many sheep. And you know what the one with many sheep did? He went and took the one. The man only had one. And killed it. And David said, what manner of wicked man is this? Show me who this one is. He deserves to die. Point him out. He says, sir, that is you. Because we're on our knees every day. Forgive us. Have mercy. But when it comes for you to show mercy, you withhold it. When you are asking for mercy, you give judgment. When you should restore in love, you tear down in judgment. If I speak with the tongue of angels and I have no love, I am a noisy distraction. Shall we continue on? Let's go on. And if I have the gift of prophecy, uh-oh, 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 I have the gift of prophecy and speak a new message from God to the people and understand all mysteries and possess what? And if I have all sufficient faith so that what? I can remove mountains but do not have love reaching out to others I am what? So, a lot of us think that in a balanced scorecard when it comes to God, he's looking at you and saying oh wow, he's so prophetic oh wow, you see how his faith moved mountains? oh wow his faith healed the sick. Oh, wow. The lame are walking. Oh, wow. He operates in the gifts. Oh, wow. But if the Bible says you have all of that on God's agenda, in God's scorecard, your score is zero. God, we cast out demons in your name. We heal the sick. We raise the dead. Depart from me. I do not know you. Because if I knew you, you would know me. And if you know me, you will show me. And if you show me, you will show the love that I give to you. So if you do not show the love, that means you do not have the love. If you do not have the love, then you do not know me. And if you do not know me, I do not know you. Ooh. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. A lot of us, are praying for the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. And God says, gifts without love is zero. Where you should be praying for more manifestations of gifts, you should be praying for manifestation of God's love. God, give me a heart of love. Because when you have the heart of love, you have the heart of God. When you have God, you have the Spirit. When you have the fruit of the Spirit, you see the works and the gifts of the Spirit. For the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, you can have, see, gifts and fruits are different. Gift is without repentance. Fruits, to have fruits, you must have an, an, a relationship, an abiding relationship. It says the gifts of the Spirit, you can be prophetic. You can raise, you can move mountains, but if there's no love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, and self-control, it is nothing. A lot of us 
are so focused on the works of God, they have neglected the ways of God. Greater works shall we do? Yes! But guess what? You cannot neglect the ways of God. Because he said he went around doing good. You know why? He had a heart of compassion. He healed from a place of compassion. Everything he did was from a place of love, not from a place to be seen. Not from a motive to be known. Not from a motive to be celebrated. Not from a motive to be idolized. Everything he did was from the motive of love. Are you still with me? It's very quiet. Let's continue. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not love, what does the Bible say? It does me no good. Simon, as well, just kept yourself alive. If you give, but your motive is to be seen. So you can be celebrated. Oh, look at that altruism. He's such a giving person. Such a good. Said, if you do things for the accolades of men, guess what? You have received your reward. But if you do anything, and love is lacking. Love is missing. What does the Bible say? It does you no good at all. This is Jesus speaking. I'm going to stop. I have about a minute. Jesus is speaking in Matthew 22, 33, um, 36 to 40. Jesus is having a conversation. Someone asked him. He said, teacher. Matthew 22, 36 to 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and what? Greatest commandment. The second is, you shall love what? As yourself, that is, unselfishly, Seek the best or higher good for others. Jesus said, the whole law and the writings of the prophets depends on these two commandments. If you look at the Ten Commandments, have no God before me. Don't make any graven images. Don't take the name of God's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It's all about loving God, right? <laughs> Honor your father and mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. You shall not covet. It's about what? Loving your neighbor. On these two, love God, love your neighbor. If you do these two, you have fulfilled all the commandments. Romans 13, 8 to 11. Because of time, I'll read verse 8. It says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love and seek the best for one another. For he who unselfishly loves his neighbor has fulfilled the essence of the law relating to one's fellow man. Relating 
to one's fellow man. Galatians 5, 13 to 15. Let's read that real quick. What does it say? For you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, worldliness, selfishness, but through love serve and seek the best for one another. For the whole law concerning human relationships is fulfilled in one precept. One. What is it? You shall love your You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, you shall have an unselfish concern for others and do things for their benefit. But if you bite and devour one another, in what? Bickering and strife. Watch out, you, along with your entire fellowship, will be what? Are consumed. Let us not be consumed by strife. Let us be consumed by love. Let us not be the ones who are bickering and striving. Let us be followers. We will not just be hearers of the word, but we will be doers of the word. Last scripture and I close. Matthew 5, 43 to 48. This is Jesus speaking. Matthew 5, Jesus is speaking. 43 to 48. Jesus says, put it on the screen. Matthew 5, 43 to 48. It says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor, your fellow man, and hate your what? Enemy. But this is Jesus saying, but I say to you that you love, that is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for your enemies. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and pray for those who persecute you so that you may show yourselves to be the children of your Father in heaven. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He says, why? Let's continue. For he makes the sun rise on those who are evil and those who are good. And he makes the rain fall on the righteous, those who are morally upright, and the unrighteous, the unrepentant, those who oppose him. For if you love only those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors, the evil criminals of the day, don't they do that? <laughs> and if you greet only your brothers, wishing them God's blessing and peace, what more than others are you doing? <laughs> do not even the Gentiles who do not know the Lord do that. Why is it that is the unbeliever that is more trustworthy. You hear Christians say, I can't do business with fellow Christians. Have you heard that? Why? I would rather do business with an unbeliever. He says, do not the Gentiles who do not know the Lord do that. You therefore will be perfect 
growing into spiritual maturity, both in mind and character, actively integrating godly values into your daily life as your heavenly father is what? But sir, ah, that's hard though. God said I should love my enemies. How can I love my enemies? Uh, sir, ma, in case you forget, there was once a time when you were God's enemy. Uh-oh. You were God's enemy while you were in sin. He loved you. So he's not asking you to do what he has not done himself. It was his grace. It was his love. It was his mercy that gave you forgiveness when you deserve judgment. The wages of sin is death. It is death. Anyone who sins must die. What you deserve as an enemy of God. When we read the crucifixion, we are so quick to say how mindless and evil and wicked were those people. How could they crucify Jesus? Let me shock you. If you were there, you would have done the same thing. Nigerians would have been the worst. Because Nigerians, we can be vindictive. <laughs> if you, ah, they can keep, keep it in your heart. They wait. They will wait. They will wait. You will forget. Time will have passed. You might have even changed in age, body size, and mass. You might have moved into a different uh, season of your life. They will wait. When it will pain you the most. That is when they come with ammunition. We are vindictive. But God says, eh, 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 eh. here's how I know that you are my children. You know, when you see very good behaved children, they ask, whose parents are those? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sorry, whose children are those? Sorry, not whose parents. Whose children are those? right? And it's a thing of pride when you as a parent are being told how good your child is or your children are well behaved because what they are saying, it speaks of the manner of parents that you are. Yes? Yes? When you hear, oh, he's so well behaved. Oh, she speaks so well. They're so respectful. They'll say, ah, they have home training. If they were supposed to give a report on God the Father based on we, his children, what would they say about God? Will they say, ah, these ones have home training? Will they say, ah, these ones, they've been brought up very well. Ah, they're so loving. They're so respectful. They're so forgiving. They're so understanding. They're so patient. They're so caring. They're so virtuous. God says, how would they know that you belong to me? It's when you treat people the way I treat you. When you model the characteristics of a loving father, then I know that you are truly my son. Sometimes when your children act a certain way, you will say, that is not the way I trained you. Where are you getting this from? Because you did not get this from me. How many times do we put God in a situation where he says, where are you getting it from? You are not getting it from me. Because the Bible says either God is your father or the devil, the father of lies, is your father. And if you are lying because you are not loving, I hate to break it to you, you, have missed, you are not part of the God family. 
Because the family you belong to is the family of liars. And the person that is the father of liars is who? No be me talking more. My Bible. So as I close, what is love? God is love. If God is love, and love is God, and we know him, and we love him, then we should show this love that we say we are. If we are God's own, let us not pursue the works. Let us pursue the miracles. Ask for the heart. Because when you have the heart, the miracles will follow. Let us not be focused on being prophetic and speaking in angelic tongues and asking for the gift of faith. Ask for a heart of compassion, a heart to love. Because some people, the only Bible they will ever read is your life. They might never open a page of the book. They may never step into the auditorium. They may never come to church to worship. But when they look at your life, do the pages of your life correspond with the God that you love? He says, live your life in such a way that when they see your good works, they will praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Selah. This week the Lord bless you. This week the Lord keep you. This week the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. This week mercy will speak for you. In every area of your life. In the name of Jesus. This week the heavens open to you. This week the earth yields to you. This week everywhere your hands touch are blessed. Everything the works of your hand finds to do will prosper. In the name of Jesus. Everywhere your feet tread upon it shall give it to you for your possession. The lines are falling for you in pleasant places. This week your name will be discussed in the corridors of power. Anytime they mention your name, favor will speak for you. In the name of Jesus, this week the Lord will open doors for you that no man can shut. In the name of Jesus, this week everywhere your name is mentioned, grace will elevate you. In the name of Jesus, grace will accelerate you. Grace will separate you. In the name of Jesus, this week your going out is blessed. This week your coming in is blessed. This week when you lay your head down is blessed. This week when you stand up is blessed. Everywhere you go, favor surrounds you like a shield. The Lord shall be the glory and the lifter of your head. Your head shall never be downcast in the name of Jesus. Where others are saying there is a casting down, you will say there is a lifting up. We thank you, O oh God, that this week you shall be our joy, our exceedingly great reward, our provider. In the midst of lack, we will find many. We will find plenty in the name of Jesus. Where others are saying there is a famine, in the same land, we shall reap a hundredfold return. In the name of Jesus, where others have cast their net and caught nothing, we shall cast our net and catch everything. In the name of Jesus, 
We thank you that we may not see the wind. We don't have to see the rain, but our valleys will be filled with water. In the name of Jesus, this week he shall give you a tongue that cannot be contested. In the name of Jesus, every time you open up your mouth, the Lord will fill it. In the name of Jesus, you will never be without help in the name of Jesus. When you open your mouth to call for help, a thousand will answer. In the name of Jesus, I call for supernatural resources from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. In the name of Jesus, you will never not have seed in your hand to sow. You will never not have bread in your mouth to eat. In the name of Jesus, you shall lend to nations and never borrow. You shall be the head and never beneath. You shall be first and never last. You shall be on top and never believe. In the name of Jesus, I ask, oh God, that this week you give them wisdom. They shall have been more knowledgeable than their teachers. In the name of Jesus, no good thing will you withhold from them this week. You shall do exceedingly. You shall do abundantly. You shall do above what they shall ask, think, or imagine. In the name of Jesus, this week sickness will not see them. This week calamity will not see them. This week affliction will not see them. This week death will not see them. If they come one way, they shall flee seven ways. In the name of Jesus, this week those who bless you are blessed. Those who dare to curse you are cursed. In the name of Jesus, this week he will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He anoints your head with oil and your cup runneth over. In the name of Jesus, this week you shall eat the good of the land. You shall eat the spoils of your enemies. Cars that you have not bought, houses you have not built. The wealth of the wicked is being laid up for you this week. In the name of Jesus, this week you shall go from glory to glory. You shall go from grace to grace. You shall go from strength to strength. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that you were blessed. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to subscribe. And if you know a fellow lion that needs to join the tribe, please be sure. Send them this link. Share this episode. God bless you.